let, let's do this. This is it. Episode number 242 of No Laugh Track Podcast. This is Justin Severson, the host. 242. 242 over. That's divisible by two. That's a lot of even numbers right there. And that voice right there was not God, although he often gets uh, confused for a godlike figure. It is Cy Amundsen. I just want to start out this podcast by completely disagreeing with and <laughs> pointing out that I do not approve of the blasphemy at the top <laughs> of this process. And I might leave. But yeah, let's. what's up? Yeah, let's go. Fine, let's get this thing going. Let's go. <laughs> Uh, thank you for being here this week uh, no on the podcast, especially since you're not technically working here this week. I'm not technically working here, although I'm technically almost living here, so it works out just fine. <laughs> I just roam around the halls. Yeah, yep, that's true, and I, and I don't uh, don't disagree with that. You you actually have more uh, pop in appearances of your head coming through this uh, curtain right here that we're sitting on the stage, or loudly walking from one back door of the club to the office. You've done that. I times. really am a big fan of making my presence on your podcast known enough to sort of ruin the podcast, <laughs> but not let anybody know that it was me who ruined it. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. One of my main methodologies. Yeah. All yeah. they know is there was some sort of disruption. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of like, disruptions. Yep. Yeah. So last time we talked on this podcast was, it was just a few months ago. Yep. And you were doing your headlining week. And that's where I want to start because I didn't get to come see you uh, that Saturday night. I think I had, I had something going on. I can't remember. Oh, now. totally. Yeah. Uh, but then a picture pops up on Facebook uh-huh. that night. You, Chad, Tom Segura. And Brian Regan all, oh, yeah. on one fucking stage. Yeah, it was pretty gnarly, man. Uh, Explain it, how that happened. Uh, well, I, you know, I've I've got a large network of people who threaten and intimidate others, and I heard everybody was in town, and it was just like you come here or you know, no, I think uh, Segura was in doing the Women's Club yeah. through Acme, and there was another fun fact about that. His opener is one of my best friends, Mike Cronin, who's a great comic oh. too. So it was like. An all-around fun night for me, uh, selfishly. But So Segura was there, and we knew he was going to come over afterwards. And then I got a text. Actually, I think I got a text when I was doing your podcast. Chad was like, hey, I'm going to go to Regan on Saturday, and then oh. I think there's a chance we'll come over to Acme. And so Chad was just in town, and uh, uh, Brian Regan loves to hang out with comics, which blows my mind. Right? I, if I'm at his level, I'm not fucking hanging out with <laughs> any of these idiots um and uh so he brought him over and it was it was one of the more fun moments i've ever been i was just great i I mean i love chad and i love tom and then i when i got started i was i was obsessed with with uh regan it was regan and Chappelle for me yeah when i started so and then my nephew who's 23 and has gotten to experience way more things than someone as young and dumb as he is should was here for the late show, and then they always closed the bar down, and so it's just the Acme staff and the yeah, comics, yeah. and so he got to stay around and hang out with Brian Regan and Tom Segura and Chad Daniels. So I think he had, the, yeah, I think he I had the time. Was, there's this great picture of him by the bar with Chad pouring drinks and Regan standing next to him with that Regan look on oh, his face. Oh man, yeah. yeah, it was pretty great. Wow. Yeah, he also got to, when I opened for Chappelle, he got to come and sit backstage with me and watch Chappelle backstage. So oh. that little kid is spoiled out of his mind for sure. Yeah, I, I officially hate him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it was it was fun. <laughs> nice. Well, that is one of the th- you just mentioned one of the two, two that I wanted 
talk about some sports today. Of course, you and I are both big sports. Sports. Fans. You do a sports podcast. Yeah. Some stuff. I want to talk it's about. Pretty that. medium. It's pretty medium. Ah, uh, but Chappelle's new special. Mm-hmm. We got to talk about it. Yep. I know that you are. I know that uh, <laughs> I didn't need to have, you know, I have Netflix. I see the notices. But I, yeah. if you're if you're Facebook friends with Cy Amundsen, you knew that that special was coming out. Yeah, I was kind of being a, I was kind of being a psycho about it. I, I mean, <laughs> you got to understand, like, as I grew up, it was always Saturday Night Live and old classic television. But then when I got into stand up and I thought I might want to do stand up, it was Dave Chappelle. Mm-hmm. I that special, his special for what it's worth, live at the Fillmore, was like the special I watched and I was like, oh, I'm going to do comedy. It's my favorite special of all time. And then working with him was incredible. And so I, I'm pretty obsessed. So. 13 years. It had been 13 years since he'd put a special out, yep. and he put two of them out. So I was pretty enthused, and I, I know the reactions have been mixed, uh, but I, I loved it. I thought it was great. You know, I, yeah. When uh, when you opened for him, did you get it? Was there an opp- did you have him one on one at all? I don't. I just for a few, just for a few minutes, you know. And that was that was a few years ago when he was still pretty guarded. You know, he's more public now. Yeah. That was when he was just doing these crazy pop up shows here in Denver. Was around... your show you did with him at First Ave? Yeah, it was at First Ave, and yeah. I love Prince, so it was the best. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, yeah, he. That was more of a guarded time, so he wasn't super public. But I got to spend a little bit of time with him, so that was. We talked about how much he loves road comics, which was fun to hear from a guy who's at that level yeah okay yeah so you watched there's two new specials yeah that are posted one is from uh, 2016 other ones from 2015 yeah one in austin one in la you watched both i'm assuming yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and i know everybody's kind of reacting to the first one the the uh the la one mm-hmm. um yeah no i that's the one that i've watched i'm one for two right now i know a lot of people didn't love his stuff about uh gays and trans people and you know he, he talked about rape and race and some other things and uh i, I get why they might not have liked it um i i, I disagree to a certain extent okay. you know i don't, I don't want to get like i don't want to have somebody sh- sh- i'm not dave chappelle so i don't need to have people shouting at me i can't take it um <laughs> But he, that special to me seemed like a guy who was coming to grips with his perspective in an era in which his perspective probably isn't completely acceptable anymore. And also still trying to make a point about why his perspective is acceptable. And and I don't think he was glorifying negativity towards gay people or trans people or rape or any of this stuff. I think he was doing what he often does that I love about him is he's taking something that society talks about and makes a giant issue and tries to put it in a different perspective. On that, For what it's worth, live at the Fillmore, the one in San Francisco that I love, he's got this amazing bit about um, a, you know, that white girl, Elizabeth Smart, who got uh kidnapped and held at a house like mm-hmm. a few miles from her house and then he's got this other story about this black girl this young black girl who a couple crackheads stole her and tied her up and she like broke free of them and like rescued herself yeah and he kind of you know no, talks about how there's no news for the black girl there was all this news for the white girl and she, the guy wasn't even there to hold her captive some of the time and he kind of puts things in a frame that it isn't always looked at that way. And that's what I, you know, that's what I liked about the special when he got into the stuff where he was talking about women's suffrage versus the suffrage of the black community. <laughs> and, you know, so I, 
I'm not saying it's perfect, and I'm not saying that I agree or condone all of his thought process in it, but I, art doesn't all have, it's, we're getting to this point where all art has to be, people act like you have to agree with everyone's artistic perspective. And, right. and, and you certainly don't want somebody to be harming society, but all art doesn't have to come from your, art doesn't have to be right. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's the thing, we're getting, and it's, it's the, the phases of comedy. Right now, comedy, and I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, so I'm just blabbering at this point. <laughs> I have no fucking clue about anything. But I've always thought comedy kind of reflects society. Uh-huh. And so where society's at, there's a boom in the comedy. And so like a number of years ago, when this was when nerd culture was huge, you remember that? And it's still a little I'm bit, but when it was on. huge. But do you remember how huge nerd comedy was? It was the biggest thing in the industry. And yeah. right now, the most prominent thing in society is social justice. Yeah. And therefore, social justice comedy is... And before nerd comedy, it was shitty bro comedy. And before that, it was shitty edgy comedy. And so all these <laughs> things, they all come and go. And the stuff I like is always perspective-driven. And, uh, yeah. and so, I, I don't know, I just... I really loved it. I, you know, I didn't. I'm not gonna sit here and criticize Dave Chappelle. You know, I thought it was funny. I thought there were there were parts that weren't my favorite, and then there were other parts that were my favorite. Mm-hmm. You know, but I, I just thought it was really great. I liked both of them a lot. Yeah. Did you? Uh, <clears throat> what do you think he meant by that? He this. I've read this in a lot of articles, so I'm not like I don't think I'm spoiling this so much for people that haven't seen it. But he makes a comment about Key and Peel. Yeah, watching them do his show. Well, they t- Dude, what did he mean by that? It's f- well, they took him out of. They, that's not fair because they took him out of context a little bit, I, and that's the problem with like, yeah, it's all this bullshit, all this click bullshit. Where they like he did say that and he meant it, but what he said was he got. So this was this was like when the Flint thing was huge. He got asked to go perform at Flint, and then the day that he was about to get on the plane, Chris Rock called him and said, "I've got a ticket for you to the Oscars." Yes. And so he went to the Oscars, and a dude came up to him and was like, uh, a dude from a news station that he'd never heard of was like criticizing him because it was supposed to be a boycott. Yeah. And his response, for lack of you know more explaining, he just goes, "What are you talking? I've been boycotting for years." Yeah. And 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 that's what I'm talking about about his perspective. It's like he's like, "Don't tell me what to boycott." He turned down tens of millions of dollars because of his belief about how he was going to be portrayed. Yeah on television so you he's like don't tell me about that. i'm going to the oscars and then he goes i had to sit and watch key and peel do my show every night and so uh, yeah so i i think they took it a little out of context it wasn't an out of nowhere jab it was him pointing out that he turned down a bunch of money because of principle and then key and peel came on and did a very similarly formatted show on comedy central that was just like double dave Chappelle, yeah. two guys yeah. and did it for years, you know. It was the same. It's the same. Any, I love Key and Peele. Key and Peele are amazing. They're so funny, but it's the same fucking show. Mm-hmm. It'd be like if I tried to say I, I got this idea. It's called Psy Point and we're gonna watch. Tell me about it. We're gonna watch YouTube videos, but only about animals. You'd be oh, like, that seems similar I've to something that. I've heard before. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I liked uh, one of the things he. <laughs> I just watched it last night, and yeah. I. 
one of the things I loved was when he's talking about the uh, you know opportunities and things he's turned down, and he mentions Dancing with the Stars. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and the new season of that show just started, and I watched maybe I don't know half an hour of it just this past Monday. Yeah, and just him like when you see me, uh, you know, doing this lean, waiting for my scores. He's like, yeah. you know, I've given up. And just yeah, comparing that to what I just seen two nights ago. Like, yeah, Mr. T. I just saw Mr. T. Yeah. doing that fucking lean, waiting yeah. for his scores. Well, that's what I think. I mean, that's what I love. I've always loved about Dave Chappelle is that like he puts stuff, he looks at stuff in a different way, and he he's able like great comics. Bill Burr is really good at doing it too, where mm-hmm. everybody looks at something one way, and although he doesn't agree or necessarily disagree with that, he steps back and he has a different way. Like the the most poignant part of that was you know he had, he had two parts in the first special one where that woman charged the stage mm-hmm. because he was talking about rape and he was talking about Bill Cosby and she was shouting women have suffered and he kept going I know and saying he agreed with them and then she tried to say that they've suffered the same way that he has and he was like nope and that and and not that that makes their suffering less or you can't and he even says that you can't yeah. compare suffering but I I think it's he said that other thing and I won't use the term but he goes when he was talking about telling gay people to just you know for lack of better term like relax and it's work on it but it's coming he goes brown versus the board of education was however many years ago and he just call got called a, a racial slur in yes, traffic yes. last oh, week <laughs> so i think it's it's not about him trying to be correct it seems like when you watch him it's about him saying him rationalizing everything he's seen through his experiences mm-hmm. and his perspective. That's a good way to put it. And yeah. that's what I that's what I like and that's what's been absent in mainstream comedy I think for a little while. Now, I I totally understand if you don't love a, a stereotypical gay voice or his comments on trans people. So be it. Uh but I also don't think it's you get to burn him out of society for something like that. Right. And he somehow managed to tie in Care Bears which is yeah. a show that I... <laughs> yeah. He and I are almost the same age. And yeah. And he mentioned Care Bears. I'm like, where the fuck did this come from? Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. I freaking came home and watched Care Bears. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it taught me, but... Nothing. Nothing. But, but it was, was fun. I was there with you, Dave. Yeah. I, too, was watching Care Bears after school. But that the, the part about him talking about Kevin Hart is about oh as God. funny as comedy oh gets. God. Yeah. And that's the sa- it's same thing. It's just on a different topic. It's him coming to gl- you know grips with who he is mm-hmm. in a situation. Yeah, I love that honesty. Yeah, taking his kid to yeah that, that was that was really good stuff. So I'm so I should still go around and watch the second one. Right? Absolutely. I mean, yeah, uh, obviously. Yeah, I watched them. They came out and I watched them right in a row immediately. So I, I hear you. I um I wanted to bring up something I heard. I listened to another one of your podcasts. Mm-hmm. Well, part of it I didn't get to. I didn't have time to finish all of it, but it was the one with uh, Marcus Sherrills on the oh, Cy yeah. Amundsen show. Oh yeah, yeah. Marcus on there. I want to go back for anybody who's listened before we go on to that. For anybody who's listened to all this, I don't actually know what the fuck Dave Chappelle was doing and thinking, or what his point was or purpose was. It's just that's how I interpreted it. So before anybody who listens, this is a fucking asshole to me. It's just what I liked about it, yeah. and I just you know I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. I'm just some buffoon standing because he's got a back issue talking into a <laughs> microphone so but yeah moving forward yeah we got to have uh marcus Sherrill's on and uh that was the best it was he was the best he it was interesting he's quieter than most uh-huh. in, an interesting dude he wants to be a lawyer after his career is done and wow. has walked on at every level he was great told an amazing story about how when he was a rookie 
he uh, the Vikings do this thing a playground build in a community every year. Oh, I didn't get to this part. And uh, he um, one of it was his rookie year, and one of the veterans, like a prominent player, thought he was a kid and grabbed him and signed his shirt. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, isn't that great? He's like he's kind of a little guy. Yeah, he's kind of a little guy. I want it. Could you? Do me a favor and repeat the story you told at the beginning of that one about being at the airport. Oh, in yeah, 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 yeah. So I was, uh, <laughs> my fiance lives in, uh, lives in L.A., but she's from Newcastle, Indiana. Mm-hmm. And so she was turning 30, and she decided to head to where she was from, and all her friends, they were going to have this party. So I went down there. I flew down there from here and met her there. And uh, I got to the airport. I was leaving Sunday. Got to the airport, and as I was checking out, I was looking around, there was, like, all these big dudes. I was like, what the hell are all these big dudes here for? And uh, then it hit me. I was like, oh, this weekend was the NFL Combine. Yeah. That's why they're all here. So I check in, and I get to my gate, and I'm there way too early, so I'm just sitting there. And then this kid runs up to me, and he's like, hey, were you here for the Combine? And I was like, I sure was, buddy, (laughs) like, without hesitation. And he goes, oh, what position did you play? And I was like, quarterback, the most important position. And the kid's eyes got enormous. He's like, can I get your autograph? And I was like, nothing would make me happier, man. And he he ran off, and he came back a couple minutes later with a Sports Illustrated. Uh, it wasn't football. It was just a regular uh, issue of Sports Illustrated. And he had a marker, and he handed it to me. Um, and uh, I signed it. I made up a name. I signed it as Chaz Berger. Chasburger. Which I thought was a great name. But then I was like, I probably have a nickname, don't I? And so in quotes, I wrote Big QB. Because I was like, what would a big, dumbass white guy call himself? And so I signed his Sports Illustrated Chaz Big QB Burger, number seven, because I love Randall Cunningham. Nice. And then uh, and I was like, and he ran off, and I was like, man, I'm the funniest person in the world. And then, like, 10, 15 minutes later, he brought six kids back. And I just signed all these, all these like, 10- and 11-year-old kids as autographs. What, what did they have for you? Uh, I no signed, one gave you, a, like, a blank football, no, 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 no. And, and I, want, I was really hoping that, like, they would let me sign, like, sign the T-shirt they're wearing or something. But a couple of them had T-shirts that they'd clearly taken out of their bags. And then a couple of them just had, like, blank pieces of paper. Oh, yeah. Like, one of the mom was like, take these. Uh, and so I signed him. I, I just think that's so funny because I like in 10 years when those kids are adults, yeah. like they're not going to be pissed. They're going to think it's hilarious. They're going to be like, you remember when we were at the airport and that fucking asshole lied to us and said that he was a and Chaz big QB burger. They asked me what school I play for. And I told them BYU. Why not? <laughs> that seems like the school that I would go to. Yeah, they, they, they have white quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That look like me probably. <laughs> So yeah, that was that was so much fun. I'm a big fan of lying. I love it. Have you since um, Googled Chaz Burger to see uh, if that comes up anywhere? No, I just did it and walked away very proud. It was a it was a one time event, and I moved on with my it life. It would be awesome if there is a Chaz Burger and he or she is like a porn star or something. Yeah, oh yeah, something really upsetting. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that'd be a bummer. I uh, I. I remember there was a guy who played in the NBA, and I think he's still in the NBA somewhere, but his name is Lou Amundsen. Yeah. And he was with the Wolves for a while, and then he was in New York, and my manager's from New York, and so everybody's like, are you related to that guy? And I'm like... I think I asked you that Yeah, and I think I probably told you yes. I, like, I just fucking lie. Like, I'm pretty sure my manager still thinks I'm related to Lou Anderson, or Lou Amundsen, because I'll I'll lie about it, because I think it's funny. Yeah. 
then I'll just forget. Sure. And I'm not going to correct it. <laughs> just let him go on living. My brother Greg, my brother Greg, uh, so he's in Nashville. And he's huge. Like, he's six foot seven, and he's broad and jacked. He's got long blonde hair. He looks ridiculous. So people always ask him if he played something. And uh, so uh, I forget. There's a, a semi-prominent country musician, because Greg's a musician down oh, yeah. there. Yeah. And so he goes to these writer's nights, and there's a semi-prominent musician. I wish I could remember the name, but... They were asking Greg if he played football, and Greg always says that he played quarterback in college at K-State. And uh, the guy was like, that's amazing, man. We're in this flag football league. You should be the quarterback. And Greg was like, okay. What? So Yeah, so he, he agreed to it and then had to, like, slowly duck his way out of it because he didn't <laughs> want to tell him that he wasn't a quarterback. So, yeah, so we're just – I think we're just probably awful people. The doctor told me I got to stop throwing, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. He always tells people he blew out his knee before training camp, so otherwise he might be on a roster. And be- when you're huge like that, people are like, oh, that makes sense. Look at him. He's huge. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I love that. I love that. How were you, uh, you doing in the NCAA tournament? Are you getting – are you gambling out of control? You know, I didn't do a bracket this year. No bracket? No, I didn't do a bracket, but I did uh, a bunch of gambling on the games. My best friend Joel and I, we always watch them together, and it just like a lot of parlays and stuff. So I was real up and down last weekend, and then we're doing some maniacal Sweet 16 where we all put a ton of money in and just randomly get two teams and winner takes all. So, oh, wow. Yeah, we've got a gambling problem, but... I'm I'm in it. I'm in it to win it. All right. So let's say you got to somehow pick your two teams out of the hat or whatever. Who would you want? Arizona. Maybe Kansas. I don't have another team. I care. I bet before the tournament started. I don't. It's not like I thought Arizona was for sure going to win the tournament. But they were minus 900 to win the tournament as a two seed, and those odds were really good, so I put a bunch of money on that. Oh, okay. So if somehow Arizona wins a tournament, I'm going to look like a real smart boy. Nice. I'm going to look like a real smart boy. <laughs> Just tell people about that one and nothing else. Yep, that's my game plan. Do you have anything negative to say about the Wisconsin Badgers to, so we can shit on Tim Harmston's team? Um, you know, I have to, I have to be careful. Uh, I was really upset with them because I won a ton of money on Thursday and Friday. And then Villanova, who they were playing, mm-hmm. who was the returning NCAA champions, I was like, only minus 280? I guess I'll fucking click all my money. And then Wisconsin. Bronson Koenig's a beast, man. He is He's cold-blooded. He's a beast. I've never been a – you know, I have to – a guy I coached and a guy who's a friend of mine who's now in the NBA, John Luer, went and played for oh, Wisconsin. Yeah. And so I followed Wisconsin for a while, and I don't have the hatred I once did. But, okay. I, you know, I'm not a Bo Ryan guy. And so if, if Tim Harmston wants to – I know Bo's not there anymore. There's a new coach. Yeah. But if Tim wants to talk about Wisconsin, I could tell him some things that would break his heart. <laughs> okay. I could, I could tell him a few stories, but I don't need to do that on here. <laughs> that, that's a good enough threat. I yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> softly threaten him. Sure. I'll let my imagination take care of that one. That's yep. fine. The, uh, we'll talk a little bit more sports here. Uh, there was a baseball tournament that ended last night. Did you give two shits about that? Don't care. Don't care. Oh, my gosh. Could I not care yeah. any less? I... I it was the World Baseball Classic yeah. for people that probably have no idea what I'm talking about because they because it's not promoted, it's not on regular yeah. TV. Don't care. It's the strangest event in sports. Yeah, I don't. I mean, baseball sucks. <laughs> I like 
I loved baseball as a kid, and but I think at this point in age, I, I don't know. The only way you can – there's only two ways you can still love baseball if you live in Minnesota. It's if you played baseball and you understand the game of baseball. Like my best friend Luke really understands the game. So when he watches, he watches it different than me. Or you're so stubbornly – or, you know, you know, the third option is just people who love the sport. There's a passion there. But the th- one is you're just so stubbornly old school and you love the – old-fashioned nature of because it's three three and a half hours for these games and then you have to be a part of a team here in town with horseshit owners just fucking liar owners who don't put the money into the team that they say they're going to i I just don't have time for that shit i don't i don't care i like I, i would love the twins to be good again and i would love to follow them but they have to put a good product on the field and you have to like they didn't do anything again in the offseason. No. They're just fucking I just I just read a thing uh, some you know one of these bloggers wrote a thing uh, you know he's predicting the I mean we're only less than 2 weeks away so he's not going out on a limb with these too much but the opening day rosters you know versus lefties versus righties five starting pitchers. Mm-hmm. It's the same it's the same we had last year. Fucking team and with the Twins, they always go out and get some 350-pound tank who, oh, this guy pitches a lot of innings. Well, is he fucking good at it? Yeah. Is he good at pitching? And then, and then how you've been able to be a continued Twins fan as they've consistently let elite baseball players leave and tried to force us to believe that their farm system is a good way of doing stuff when all it was was, an, was a way to be cheap. Yeah. They were good enough that we believed someday we might win, but they could still be cheap. And, and then Torrey Hunter goes off and has, what, six, seven more great years? David Ortiz goes and becomes a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Justin Morneau. Um, just look at all the guys that have left this team and become, you know, serviceable at the worst, really damn good at the best baseball players. And it's infuriating. A it's stat infuriating. that I've been having fun with recently is I found out that the, you know, we have a soccer team here now in Minnesota. Yeah, I heard that. The United or yeah. some shit like the that. The United have sold as many season tickets as the Minnesota Twins. They're both, both good. teams are like at eleven to 12,000 season tickets. Good. How is that possible? How is it possible that a team that was selling, you know, 10,000 more season tickets than that just less than 10 years ago, the Twins, are on, on par with the freaking brand new soccer? Soccer! You, well, you, you, the thing is, you, you get what you, I think in entertainment these days, I think with the younger generations, you get what you deserve, and you can't put a, terrible product out there and and if you put a terrible product out there you have to put out the vibe that you're you're making an attempt to make it not a terrible product and i think there's very few owners like the polads are old school owners you know i know they've only been around since the 80s but they're 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 older school owners where they're happy to sit back and collect the money no matter how their teams do like donald sterling was but those guys are becoming less and less and less because I think owners are starting to realize in the era of social media, in the era of connectiveness, there's so much more money available if your team is prominent and good. I mean, take take the Wild two years ago and last year when they were an okay team with a swoon in the middle that's fighting to barely make the playoffs and take them this year. 
they're going to make so much more money this year because of, I mean, they're pulling it because of the way it exists in media and our closeness. They're pulling in, I mean, I'm watching the Wild, and I don't know dick <laughs> about hockey. I can tell you, as someone who works there selling beers at hockey games, a lot more beers being sold this year than yeah. maybe any other season. It's just a fucking no-brainer. And and by the way, it's not like you have to, you don't have, you work hard to get to that level where you have a couple of those elite seasons in a row. But even look at the Wolves. What the Wolves are doing, you feel like even though this season has been a disappointment and you wanted it to be better, there's hope. And there's a reason to go to the games. And the Twins don't even have that. It's it's not that they're bad. It's that they're bad and you don't see any effort and any hope and any reason to care. So unless you're 140 years old, some weird baseball <laughs> traditionalist, or you played the game of baseball, you're not going to go. And by the way, if you love baseball or you want to go watch a baseball game, why would you go to the Twins instead of the Saints? Why would you Dude, ever you go gone to, to the new si- tw- yeah, stadium? Yeah. It's wonderful. Yeah, I mean, why? Why would you ever? Y- by the way, it's not like the Twins are going to fucking win anything. No. Why not go have fun? Every once in a while, Bill Murray shows up. Right. Go to the Saints game. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm huge backer of the Saints in that new stadium that I went to a couple of games last year. Oh my god, are they fun? Yeah, and the place is so small. You don't even need a freaking seat. You can yep. walk around and you're close everywhere. Yep. I agree. And great beer selection. Uh, but I want to say, what do you think of just one more thing about the Twins? Them, tr- you know, clearly desperate to get people in the stadium. Like I said, eleven thousand uh, season tickets sold. That's the lowest they've had in the new stadium, which is disgusting that they let that happen. But. Uh, 99 did you hear the special they started promoting about a month or so ago mm-hmm. $99 for a pa- not a ticket but a pass to get you into every home game the first 2 months of the season $99 you pay once you have a pass you can go in anytime you want those first 2 months but you don't have a seat well that's good business because they're fucking idiots who built an open air stadium in a sport that starts in April yeah you fucking morons. <laughs> Cheat they're cheap fucking morons. Yeah. Like you should have you should have shelled out for the retractable roof. Everything they do is cheap and wrong. Yeah. And so that's your only option. I'm not going to pay full price. Even if the team is good, I'm not going to pay full it, We're coming up on April and it's still 40 degrees out. Yeah. I don't like going when it's 60 degrees. You're not going to make either. me go when it's fucking 40. It's brutal. I just parked out. It's like, what is it, 43 today? Something like that, yeah. And I'm, I'm a bigger pussy than everybody else, but <laughs> I didn't like walking from the parking lot into Acme no. here. No, I'm not going to sit up for three and a half hours. Yeah. And when they're like, and it's another pitch. Oh, cool. I'm really glad that uh, this is happening. Plus, I just on principle, like, uh, unless you're taking, I don't know, you're riding your bicycle over there. You're yeah. probably going to end up paying more for parking than to get into the stadium. Yeah. That's just wrong. Yeah, oh, I totally agree. It's just wrong. Do you um, – some other stuff. We don't have a ton of time left. Oh, I want to tell um, – how much do you like buffets? This totally changing the subject. Buffets. Do you love buffets, hate buffets? I mean, deep. I like nice. I mean, I'm going to sound uppity here. That's fine. I like nice buffets. I don't like trash buffets. I'm not an old country buffet guy because I'm, you know, I own shoes. Um, but I'm uh, perfect that you said that. That's going to lead into something I've got. Here. Yeah, but I'm. Uh, I like. I like a nice buffet. I like, you know, a, a higher end buffet. Okay. Well, uh, you clearly had something to do with putting old country buffet out of business. Then did they go out of business? Oh yeah, they're gone. Oh dope. It, dope. 
I, on the other hand, am a sucker for. I I love them. Yeah, you're a trash person. I, I am. I am a trash person. Yep. Deep inside. Yep. And the old country buffet is all closed. The one nearest my house, long gone. Last night, I convinced my wife to go with me to Golden Corral, which is the now replacement for some of the Old Country Buffets. Yeah, isn't Golden Corral like a step above Old Country Buffet? Maybe. maybe? Like a small step? Maybe. I've never been in a Golden Corral because of the whole shoes thing. Um, (laughs) But uh, how was it? Well, (laughs) uh, I I would go back. I don't know if my wife will go with me. Sounds um, like a smart lady. Yeah, right. Uh, we're sitting there last night, and there's this guy a couple tables over, and he's a, a big fella. Like a, At Golden Corral? Yeah, I know. No. I know. They found one. Yeah. He must have had a coupon. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm sure he never goes there. Yeah. Uh, he was, uh, you know, I bet he was probably, let's just say, 300 pounds, probably. That sounds probably low, but keep going. Okay. Could be low. And I... Um, my wife got up to go refill her plate. I stayed to watch her purse. I wanted to get up to but I was patient. My plate was was empty. I was ready to go get more. I, but then I look over. This was giving me a chance to look over at the 300-pound guy. Yeah. And his mouth was, like, going up and down chewing like... Like a Tyrannosaurus I, Rex. Like yeah. I've never seen before. It was yeah. so much power in that jaw. Yeah. It was like... And my wife comes back, and she's and she goes, did you... She's sitting down and eat some more, and then like a minute in, she goes, "Did you see that guy? That was just the big guy that was just." And I go, "Oh, he's gone now! Holy shit, that was fast!" She goes, "Yeah, uh, when I got up, I saw what he had in front of him, and I had to double check when I came back." She goes, "Honey, do you know what he had in front of him? He went to the ice cream stand and didn't get any ice cream. He just filled a bowl with gummy bears." I mean, that guy's probably the best guy at Golden Corral. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Unfucking believable. That's amazing. He I was mean, literally I, eating handful of gu- gummy bears. Gummy well, here's bears. The, here's the like thing, man. How much did Golden Corral cost? Twelve fifty per person. Twelve fifty. You know how much a bag of regular gummy bears cost? <laughs> That's just business, right there. That's just being. I don't. I don't mind the fat people or the like. I'm the type of guy that like. I used to eat the Loops buffet, and I would. We would go there. Brooks Robinson and I would go there at ten in the morning. We would eat the buffet. The football game would start. I would eat the buffet again at halftime, so I'd double eat the buffet, Ooh. and then it would still be time for me to leave. And I was like fucking shoving donuts in my pockets sure, and shit. Sure. I get it. I get what that man was doing. It's to me, it's not about the obesity or the 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 you know the throat stuffing. It's more like when you bring in the type of people where it's like all you can eat twelve dollars for adult humans, and all. That's usually then it's like five or you know something seven for kids yeah, some sort of discount, you yeah. you're in a place where you'll hear a guy like Shayla tell Travis to get me some of that fucking mac and cheese <laughs> and everybody like nobody stops eating you're just like oh that's that's the sort of place we're in it's like it's like when you go in a barn and you're like do you just let the horses run around in their own shit like that that's what those buffets are like <laughs> You're just like they're just rolling in it and shit, you know. You, there's 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 no laws. It's like Deadwood. You know, yeah, yeah it's <laughs> Deadwood food. Like uh, you know, people do this thing when they go to like the Minnesota State Fair and they'll bring a, a bingo State Fair bingo. Yeah. My wife was like, we should have we should have freaking uh, buffet bingo because now we've seen the guy eating nothing but a bowl. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Bears. Yeah. Not even five minutes later. Uh, this is classic. It was the, I, I could have checked this off. It was the shirt, shirtless toddler. 
Yep. Shirtless toddler, just yeah. running around. Yeah, fuck touching shit. Yeah, mom and dad are still eating. The, yep. Well, mom and dad. There was a large extended family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mom large and the, the whole kinfolk were yeah. probably eating. Lots of kinfolk. So yeah. that was two. And then I will say that the, my third favorite thing was, and it's funny you brought up macaroni because uh, I watched a kid sneeze all over the macaroni and cheese. Dope. Right in front of mom who just was like, come on, come over here. Yeah, not like, that sounds about right. You should cover your mouth or nothing. No, that's, it's, right it's, on the macaroni. You know, it's just a Golden Crowd is that place where you see people cough and sneeze into their hands, which is one of my biggest pet peeves in the world. Is put it in your fucking elbow. Like it's like it's the year 2017. I don't know. I, I love food. I like that's one of the things my fiance and I do. We go out to eat. We like you know, we like restaurants and. But I I think I think it's the I hate that about the state fair. Like I don't, I'm not a glutton and I don't love the shoving of shit down throats. Sure. I don't. Eh. Sure. I will. I will say one. I'll. I'll end that with one positive thing about Golden Corral. They have. There's only a small amount of urine on the floor. <laughs> it's Did only eight guys say the N word? <laughs> what's What's your positive? <laughs> I should. Nobody. Nobody drove their Fiat through a, <laughs> through the fucking door. You know, that's not a bad Golden Corral they have up there. You know, when Travis shits on the bathroom floor, they got it cleaned up in three, four different, you know, days. It's pretty quick. It's funny because when we were done eating, I one of the last things I had, they had like, uh, uh, what are they, uh, Rice Krispie bars? Yep. Like on a stick? Yep. And then they have Well, a, why put it in your hand when you A chocolate getting... fountain. The stick, oh, fondue. So you can just and get some yeah. chocolate on there. That was yeah. the last thing I had, yeah. and uh, so I got I dripped a little on my hand. I'm yeah. like, honey, I'm gonna go wash my. Dripped hands. a little on your hand and had the shirtless toddler lick it off. <laughs> Before I even looked down, he was like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got chocolate. <laughs> it's fucking Jeff Foxworthy telling jokes in the kitchen. <laughs> sounds like a sounds like a good place. I, I said to my wife, I go, honey, I'm gonna go wash my hands before we leave, and she goes. I think you'd be better off. Yeah, what's the yeah? What's the point? (laughs) You have to wash your hands and then touch the door. Yeah, that's that's a mistake. And walk through the restaurant again. Why bother? Yeah, (laughs) I I mean I can't beg too hard. Like my favorite, one of my favorite places in the world is the Waffle House. Oh yeah, that's a you know that's a trash bag magnet. So Uh I can't be too mean. (laughs) What time is it? You got to get to an appointment here. Yes, sir. Is there anything else? Uh, Let's see. You didn't. uh, Oh, I've got. We've got a show coming up. Yeah, oh, yeah, the... Uh, yes. yes, so April I'm, April 19th. Yeah, if you don't have all the details, I have them here. Yeah, April 19th here at Acme, uh, we're doing a show for the Greater Minneapolis Crisis Nursery, yeah. and whose mission statement is something to the effect of protecting women and children in the Greater Minneapolis area, but on a more... Uh, and more dumb guys explanation. Um, what they do is uh, women who are in a pinch or are, are having a tough time, you know, whether it be they need uh, they have to work back to back shifts. They're feeling they feel like they're in a compromising situation, whatever it is. They can bring their children to the crisis nursery and no questions asked. They can drop their kids off. The crisis nursery will bathe them and feed them and give them toys for the week and let them hang out for a few days while the mom, you know, gets everything situated. Yeah. So it's kind of this wonderful organization that allows people who are having a tough time a little bit of breathing room and so uh it's a 50 dollar ticket but it's worth it because it's crazy the, the lineup's crazy it's mm-hmm. chad daniels jackie cation mike e winfield sean Patton, david huntsberger and me yeah so it's pretty gnarly yeah and um and 35 of it is right offable nice. and uh so yeah i think it's going to be a really fun night and it's uh 
I, I think in the era that we're living now, uh, in terms of divisiveness and certitude and all, like all this, you know, people having all these opinions about what's happening in society and arguing with one another. My method is Programs always being cut, possibly. Yes. Yeah, and, and and not even that. It's not even that to me. My method is always rather than go and bitch about something on the internet, which I do plenty of. <laughs> uh, also, just shut up and you know do something nice for people and and that's apolitical I, I don't the crisis nursery if you can find a way to make that about republicans or democrats you're a psychopath yeah, no shit. they're just great people who help people who need it and and offer a wonderful service so uh yeah if you can come out and the other thing we're doing if you want to hop on and you don't have to come to the show we offer an option where you can buy the ticket and then you can email the crisis nursery or you can email here and you can say that I'm so-and-so, I bought a ticket, I'd like to donate it. Oh, wow. And then we'll give the ticket to someone else, but you paid for it, you still get your tax deduction. So that's a big thing we're doing through the crisis nursery because we know not everybody can come out on a Wednesday night. Nice. I didn't hear that part. That's yep. cool. Yep. So yeah. it, should be a good, it should be a good time. And a- anybody idea? who loves comedy, it's a pretty rad lineup. How much... Will you do then? Like everybody do? Uh, do I mean, I, yes? y- you you want to keep it to the length of a normal show, but I, I would ent- I'm going to host it, okay. and so I'll do a little bit up top, and then I think each of those comics will probably do about twenty ish minutes. Okay. So you're going to see a like that puts us at about under two hours, but it it's a you'll see a good chunk, so each comic can really get rolling. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, all right. I think we did it. Hey, did Yay, we? I think so. Get me the fuck out of here. <laughs>